G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about some players that are outperforming expectations that you can maybe capitalize on and sell high. Let's go! Jordan open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant to shot! Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! Andy Bonsabon! Day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and down goes Alan Iverson. Um, and I am uh, your host today, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA uh, and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Um, today we are talking about some sell high guys who you can maybe capitalize on off a hot streak of form. They are outperforming uh, my expectations, uh, and if you can get someone of around similar value to what they're doing at the moment, or on the season, I think that you should be, uh, it would behoove you to do so because I think you would come out on top at the end of the day. Um, we've got, how many have we got here? We've got seven players to go through. Um, so uh, we're just going to get stuck straight into it. Again, make sure you guys are following me over on Twitter at NBA. Lots of news being passed over through there. Uh, my quick and fast reactions is the uh, the best way to get those, uh, get the, the jump on your league mates in terms of those waiver wire ads and drops. So again, Ball Boys NBA on Twitter. Uh, all right, so first few guys. Let's start with Jordan Clarkson as a sell-high candidate. Jordan Clarkson is currently the 87th ranked player in nine category leagues over the last week. However, he is the 48th ranked player uh, and he is currently um, playing really, really well for the Utah Jazz team, which is surprising the entire NBA and winning lots of games. Currently number one in the West. Uh, Did not think I would ever say that sentence uh, before the season started, but here we are. Uh, He's playing well. Uh, you'll see a similar theme for a lot of these sell-high guys, at least these first few, uh, as like a shooting guard mold type. He is currently, in the last week, putting up 22 points per game, 3.8 threes, 4.5 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 0.3 steals, 0.3 blocks. He's shooting 50% from the field and has not missed a free throw at 100%. So, for me... He is the kind of player that I, uh, the type of player that I don't really love in fantasy basketball. The the scorers who offer little else outside of uh, um, points and threes. He even in those uh, numbers there, he's still averaging point three steals and point three blocks. The four point three assists is nice, and he's actually averaging five point two assists on the season, which is is very encouraging for him. I think it is another string to his bow that he's added, and it seems to be somewhat consistent so far this season. He's only had two games at three assists or fewer, um, the rest have all been sort of four, five, six, sevens, eights. No real outlier of a game really dragging his average up. So really encouraging there. I think that maybe we are seeing an improvement to his assists, which have been basically two and a half for the past couple of seasons, under two the season before that. So perhaps he can get that those assists up to four per game, which would definitely mean that he is an improver on his 162nd ranked uh, season last year. Um, he's 
currently averaging 31 minutes per game, which is up from his 27 minutes per game last year. Now, of course, there have been a lot of trades on this team. This is a different uh, roster than previous years. So, you know, maybe his minutes are going to be sticking around at this point. And who knows, even if, uh, say, this Utah team continues to win, this might just be his role. What I am uh, banking on here in terms of selling him high is that this shooting will go away. The usage will start to spread out a little bit more. Um, as much as I don't like him, uh, Colin Sexton should start to see an uptick in his usage as well. He has been until today's game, which was a big old stinker, um, was seeing an increase in his minutes. Uh, but Jordan Clarkson, especially if you look at these last weeks, one, two, three, five games in a row, 20 plus points uh, scoring. Uh, and again, like we said, shooting over 50% from the field. That is not what Jordan Clarkson is known for doing. So I think that that field goal percentage will drop down as a result. The points will drop down and the threes will drop down, which are currently uh, at 3.8 over the last week, 3.2 on the season. Um, I expect that more to be like 2.5 points to be a little bit further down to sort of like 15, 16 points per game. Um, The assists are encouraging. I think 5.2 is, again, unrealistic to expect. So I see that dropping back more closer to four. Still an increase on what he has done in the past. And then again, the lack of rebounds, steals, and blocks just limits his overall ceiling. So if I can get a top, a pretty... uh, safe top 100 guy for a a Jordan Clarkson, I would do so. Top 90 is what I'd be aiming for. Um, If I can't get that, then I just ride it out and enjoy this because I do think that he will improve. He, in the last two seasons, his best season was in 2021 where he's the 105th ranked player. So I don't necessarily think that we're going to see or it wouldn't be realistic to expect a top 100 season out of Jordan Clarkson. He may get there, but I'm going to hedge my bets to say that he will be just outside that range in the 110 to 125 kind of zone, making him a must roster player. But uh, I do think that if you can get a top 90 guy at this point. People are very attracted to his points and his threes and sort of the the eye-catching numbers that you might be able to do that. You know, say that these Utah Jazz team playing really well, he's got a bigger role with all the trades that have been made. Um, you might be able to spin that into your narrative. So for me, Jordan Clarkson is a sell high. Um, the next guy here, again, these first few players are going to be similar sort of archetypes. Buddy Heald is another player who is a sell high. He is currently the 36th ranked player on the season. He is the uh, 24th ranked player in the last two weeks. On the season, he's averaging 18.5 points, four threes, 5.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 0.8 steals, and 0.4 blocks. Now, all of that, to, to be honest, looks somewhat sustainable. However, the only thing that I would say is that, number one, the field goal percentage at 46.3% is actually pretty high for, for a Buddy Heald. Um, the last three seasons, he's shot all of them you know, below 43%. The last two seasons, uh, below 41%. So I think that that has a ways to drop. And I think that the 18.5 points is probably a little bit high. I expect him, again, to be a bit more around that 15, 16 points per game. The threes, whilst he is going to be a good three-point shooter, maybe not at four per game, maybe closer to three to three and a half. Um, the assists are interesting because we did see his assists improve um, when he moved over to Indiana last season after the trade deadline. He seems to have picked it up. He was slow to get the get going in the season uh, with a couple of duds in his first three games, but since then has really put it on. Um, he's had a, an eight assist game, a seven assist game, a six assist game. The most recent game, uh, today's game, he 
put up zero, no steals and blocks, which maybe is a little bit of a concern and affects your sell high ability. But I still think that, again, the eye-catching points numbers, the eye-catching uh, threes, and, and the rebounds as well have also been probably above what we would expect for a Buddy Heald. He's averaging five point. Three on the season. He's never averaged over five before in his career. So uh, I think that that will also trend down. So most things I think will just fall away a little bit here. He's, um, he's boosted again by low turnovers in terms of his ranking at 1.7 per game. And the efficiency is pretty good and that the free throws. So I think if you can get a top 50 player for a buddy healed, I would do so. A top 60 player, I'd probably do so. He probably is someone who should be a top 80 guy, top 75 guy there or thereabouts. Um, and especially if you are looking for his three, and points, he is valuable. So by no means is he going to completely drop off. And um, look, I think you just wait and see if there is going to be a trade coming for now. It doesn't necessarily look like there's one immediately right around the corner. Uh, but of course, that is always another risk you've got with Buddy Heald. So if you can get, like I said, a top 50 or a top 60 player, if you're looking for something different, I think that that can be considered a bit of a win in terms of trading Buddy Heald. So I think that, yeah, I think that he is a decent sell high, but he also is someone that probably will, as long as he's on the uh, the paces, will probably outperform his average draft position, which is probably something we predicted in the preseason anyway. Um, but when that, or if that trade comes along, uh, that will definitely, no doubt, affect his uh, fantasy value. Um, the next guy here, last guy of this kind of archetype, this one I probably feel the most confident about of those past three, and Sadiq Bay is my final sell high for those three-point uh, specialists or three-point valued guys. Uh, last two weeks, or sorry, last week of the season, he is averaging, he's the 59th ranked player, he's the 73rd ranked player on this season. Uh, on the season, he's averaging 17.1 points, uh, 1.83s, 4.8 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.3 blocks. The free throw shooting on high volume is really carrying his value. 90.8% on 5.4 attempts is actually uh, really, really good. It's an elite contribution. But the rest of those stats, uh, you know, they're pretty, you know, subpar, I guess you could say. He's not even putting up more than two threes per game, which I, I'm sure maybe some of you might be surprised to hear. Uh, the rest of it just really is fairly empty. And uh, again, the last week, top 60 guy. But again, it's fueled almost entirely by that extremely high free throw percentage on high attempts. And I think that if either the attempts drop away, or even if he goes from being a 91% guy to an 84% guy, um, that's a dramatic loss in his value, even though he's still a good free throw shooter at that elite, elite level. When you just take a little bit away, it dramatically changes his lines. For example, uh, a couple of years ago, so last season he was an 80 2.7% free throw guy, putting up pretty much the exact same numbers, even better threes. Um, but in that season, he was the 103rd ranked player. So at the moment, he's probably 30 to 40 spots above where I expect him to finish the season. I think that if you can get someone again for a top 85, top 90 player, I think that that's a big win, especially if you, you know, don't necessarily require his elite free throw percentage build. Um, you, you, knew, you use his... I don't know, his eye-popping stats in terms of the points categories, he's been putting up some decent points these last couple of weeks, 28, 10, 22, 18, 25, 18, all in the last few games. So I think, again, 
eyes gravitate to those numbers, they'll gravitate to the ranking next to his name, uh, 73 on the season. And um, we do know that I think that that free throw percentage is, uh, it's it's enormous. It's it's a massive, massive boost to his, um, his value. And I think that you might not really think of a, uh, a, a Sadiq Bay as an anchor for your free throw percentage team. And I don't think that, I think both the attempts and the percentage will both drop, which will uh, fall his ranking way back down to earth. So I think he's a pretty safe uh, sell high guy. And uh, I reckon you might be able to do so. Um, the next guy here, I might get a little bit of pushback from, but Russell Westbrook is, to me, a very clear sell high. I am recording this right now um, as the Laker game is being played, and I'll just check what he's on. Uh, we've got six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. He's currently on 10, 4, and 6. Field goal percentage is down. Hasn't taken a free throw yet. So hopefully, um, you know, this is probably not the best performance today, but the sentiment around Russell Westbrook and his role coming off the bench is that he's dramatically changed and dramatically improved. Uh, He is currently, uh, very much to my surprise, before the ending of this game, he is the 95th ranked player on the season. In the last week, he is the 18th ranked player. In the last two weeks, he is the 62nd ranked player. Now, there are several things that I think are going to absolutely change for him here. So in the last two weeks, sorry, let's say say the last week, which is a three-game sample size. He's averaging 56% from the field. He's averaging 93.8% from the free-throw line, 23 points, 2.7 threes, uh, 1.7 steals. All five of those things, all five of them are going to drop. They are 100% going to drop. He is someone who's not averaged more than 1.3 threes in the last three seasons, and now he's, uh, in the last couple of weeks, averaging more than two. Coming off the bench, he's averaged less than a steal last season, averaging 1.7 so far in the last week, 1.3 on the season. That will come down. Um, The field goal percentage absolutely is coming down, averaging 44%, 43%, 47% the last three seasons. Uh, He he will not keep shooting more than 50% from the field. And the free throws, like what the hell is going on? He's shooting 5.3 attempts at 90-plus percent, 80% on the season. All of a sudden, he's remembered how to shoot free throws. Um, last three seasons, 66%, 65%, and 76%. So all of those numbers, and of course, that will affect his scoring as well. So all of those numbers I expect to come down. Russell Westbrook is someone that gets a lot of hype in points leagues. I think that even in a points league setting, it's a great time to sell high. Um, those efficiency numbers will drop his value in a points league. He's more valuable in a points league, obviously, uh, but especially in a category league, use this opportunity, even if you picked him up the wire. A lot of people still really like Russell Westbrook. He's getting MVP chance at Lakers games. Um, he's got that name recognition, people sort of uh, attaching the bench role as sort of a savior for his value. Dennis Schroeder is still yet to come back into this team. Look, he's definitely improved and definitely is someone that you need to have on your roster. Absolutely. And I think he is owned everywhere. Um, but I, I am not for one second thinking that he is going to be a top 50 guy moving forward because he's now coming off the bench. Nothing else has changed. Um, I still think Russell Westbrook is going to be Russell Westbrook. It's definitely helped his value. There's no denying that. But I think some people will go too far the other way and say that he is back to old Russ again. They remember the top 20, the top 30 numbers that he used to put up a couple of seasons ago. And uh, I think that that is uh, a bit foolish for us to, to think. But we can capitalize that. And if you can do that 
And if you can get a top 50 guy for Russell Westbrook, I would absolutely be pulling the trigger trigger so, so fast. Uh, yeah, so I think he is definitely someone I think you can get some decent value in trading him at the moment. Um, moving away from some guards now, we are going to go on to... Uh, the uh, fantasy world's favorite uh, waiver wire ad, and it is Bowl Bowl. Um, here's, I've said it before on Twitter, the most surprising thing that I've seen this season is the emergence of Bowl Bowl and the, um, <laughs> the season that he's having so far for the Orlando Magic. Uh, never did I think that we would be discussing Bowl Bowl as much as we are. Never did I think that he would be a top 50 player come the uh, fourth week in the NBA. But here we are. We're here right now. 48th ranked player in nine category settings. He's the 41st ranked player in the last two weeks. He's doing that all in this on the season, averaging 23 minutes, averaging 27 minutes the last two weeks. I just think that, and I've always thought this when he happened. I was n- I didn't get him on any of my teams ex- outside of a dynasty league thing. I think I already had him um, deep dynasty league. I never added him because I was worried about what happens when the guards come back and the team is more healthy. Now, we haven't seen that really yet because uh, Cole Anthony's been out. Fultz hasn't come back. Terrence Ross went down. Um, Suggs did return, but uh, again, a few of those other guys fell out. We've started to see little bits of it um, emerge recently. Today, he did play 25 minutes, but the game before played 20.6 minutes. Um, it's just... It's a wild, wild ride for a player like Bol Bol. I think that as as much improved as he looks, I still don't really think he's a great on-court NBA player. Um, the Orlando Magic are experimenting a lot right now with the bigger jumbo lineups, and that is working okay. I mean, they're still losing a lot of their games, but I just... I don't know if it's going to continue when players like Fultz come back, Cole Anthony comes back, um, you know, even to a lesser extent, uh, Ross or Gary Harris come back. I just, I fear that you might, he might become a drop basically at some point this season. And if you can get away with grabbing someone, getting a top 80 guy, a top 75 player for a bowl bowl who, you know, everyone's sort of saying he's the pickup of the year. He's the, the league winner acquisition early in the season. And look, it could be, but I think that this is pretty much his ceiling. I don't think if you traded him away, you'd be missing out on anything uh, major. And again, his value is very much concentrated in only a couple of different areas. You know, 11 points per game, it's below average. 0.63 below average. 6.8 rebounds, it's good. It's, it's pretty decent. That's a good bonus there. 0.5 assists, terrible. 0.2 steals, terrible. 2.1 blocks, amazing. Okay, so there's his big boost. 67.5%, amazing, big boost. Uh, and then, you know, low... Uh, Good, efficient free throws on low volume and 1.7 turnovers. So it's the rebounds are okay. The blocks and field goal percentage are really good. And then he doesn't hurt you from the free throw line and turnovers. But no assists, no steals. Threes are below average. Points are below average. Um, So if you don't need those things... Then he's useless to you. Like he does it. He's, he's very boom or busty kind of type. His value in a ranking sense, I don't necessarily think is super reflective of his true value. So if you can spin the narrative and you can get, like I said, a top 70, top 
80 guy for a bowl bowl. I would absolutely do it. Maybe you won't be able to do it. Um, and again, if you don't need the blocks or the field goal percentage, you can get a top 100 guy. I still think it's probably worthwhile if that suits your build a little bit better because I think there's a real risk in, in a month's time or so when a few of those guys are back that he is someone that we are dropping off our teams. It might not happen, but I think it's a real risk. And I also think there's not going to be much more upside than this uh, that we're currently seeing for bowl bowl. So for me, uh, in some situations, I definitely think you can make sure that bowl bowl is a sell high. I've heard crazy trades of him being traded for Evan Mobley's and those sort of things. I don't expect that to be possible in in uh, general leagues, but uh, you know, shoot your shot. I think you might be able to get something at least better than what I expect him to do for the rest of the season from this point on. Um, moving on to the next player here. Can't be a sell-high show on the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast if we don't talk about Tobias Harris, who continually, again, my number one bus and my number one uh, uh, sleepers are trying their very best to uh, destroy my credibility. But at the moment, um, Tobias Harris is the 31st ranked player on the season. The last two weeks, he's the 26th ranked player. And the last week, he's the 15th ranked player. Now, there are several things here that are absolutely going to fall away. He is currently shooting two and a half or hitting two and a half threes per game. He's um, getting 1.4 steals, 0.7 blocks uh, per game as well are the big things that are going to fall away. The last three seasons, 1.4 threes, 1.3 threes, 1.8 threes. The last three seasons in steals, 0.6, 0.9, So you're going to lose a three. You're going to lose a steal per game. He is benefiting a lot at the moment with James Harden being out. Of course, that is obvious. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there that still believe that Tobias Harris is a top 50 guy. He's just always kind of been that top 50 guy. Um, and, and they don't really think too much about it. James Harden, the reason I was really low on, on Tobias Harris, by the way, when James Harden came over to the team, he dramatically fell off. He was outside the top 100. So obviously, when James Harden is out of the lineup now, he is looking a lot better, okay? Now, when James Harden does come back in two or three weeks, then it is going to affect Tobias Harris. Some people don't put those two and two things together. They obviously know that he's going to be better, but they may not view him as an outside the top 100 guy when James Harden is in the team. They might see him as like a 50 to 60 kind of guy. So if you can get someone who's a top 50, top 60, top 70 player for Tobias Harris, I would absolutely do it. Um, at this point, I probably wouldn't be settling for something around the 80, 90, 100 zone. I'd rather just keep Tobias Harris and ride out this this uh, hot streak and this period with James Harden out of the lineup. Um, but if I can get like a, a top 50, top 60 guy, I would definitely be pulling the trigger and someone who maybe is a little bit more upside. Because again, he's putting up 15 points, 6.5 rebounds, 3 assists. It's very okay. But as soon as those other peripheral numbers go down, the threes, the steals, the blocks... Um, it just it's not all that exciting it's 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 fine and that's that's what I was saying about Tobias Harris in the preseason. He's going to be fine. But did you want to take him top 60? Did you want to take him top 70? No, no. You want something a little bit more upside something that can definitely swing you in certain categories here and there, whereas he is just average and everything at the moment. Uh, and I think that he is a clear-cut sell high. Uh, as much as I bang on about Tobias Harris being bad, he continues to make me look a bit stupid, but I still feel very confident that he will, uh, he will definitely not be this good moving forward. And uh, the last guy here, which is a bit of a sell high, although maybe um, maybe not as much as the other guys, but the last guy I've got here is Ivica Zubac. Now, uh, he was someone that I was pretty keen on 
early in the preseason. I, I dropped him a little bit further back in my rankings because there was a lot of talk about playing small ball for the Clippers, but now Kawhi Leonard's missed a lot of time. He's getting extended run, and they're going bigger more often in the Clippers, but he is currently the 52nd ranked player in uh, on the season. Again, I am recording this um, whilst the Clippers game is going on. Let me just check the stats again. So uh, Zubac is currently 33 and a half minutes, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks on 100% field. So I think his ranking might even improve from this. So right now I'm looking at the, the rankings and he's the 52nd ranked player. In the last week, he's the 32nd ranked player. Um, everything he's doing looks pretty uh, sustainable to me, except for the 2.5 blocks. Okay, so I'll read out a stat line for the season. 10 points, 11 rebounds, 1.4 assists, no threes, uh, 0.6 steals, 2.5 blocks per game, 57% from the field, 62.5% from the free throw line, and 1.9 turnovers. So that all seems very uh, achievable to me, except for the 2.5 blocks. He, in the last three seasons, granted it's been on fewer minutes, he's put up one block, 0.9 blocks, 0.9 blocks. So if we go back to more his per 36 numbers as well, um, where would I have that? Basketball Monster doesn't have that. Okay, that's okay. Uh, not during the season. So I think from memory, he, he here we go, per 36. Um, I'll just pull that up because his block rate is, I think, far higher than even the increase in minutes would have you suggest. So... This season, per 36, he's averaging 2.9 blocks. The last three seasons, he's been averaging 1.5, 1.4, 1.8 blocks per 36. So if he goes from 2.5 blocks to 1.5 blocks, that is actually going to cause a dramatic fall away in his value, I think. Now, everything else is sustainable, and he is going to probably beat his ADP, in my opinion, so he was a good selection. He's not the most exciting guy because, you know, you look at the 10 points per game, and it doesn't fill you with excitement, but he is a very solid, safe big man, um, and again, it's going to be more about selling high on the ranking, selling high on the big block games, which we have seen. We've seen him block four shots per game twice. He's had a five-block game, a seven-block game against OKC. Those big games early in the season when we're still in the small sample size of things, um, those are going to be the ones that are booing his value up. Uh, And instead of being a 52nd ranked player for the season, he might be a guy maybe around that like 80 to 90 zone. And if you could, so then if you can get someone who's a top 70 guy, I think that you should uh, probably look to do that. And again, if you, you know, maybe take his blocks with a bit grain of salt, maybe you can make an educated decision on whether or not you can make a better move for your team if you perhaps don't need the the huge uh, influx of blocks that Zubach has given you that maybe were a bit unexpected. Uh, a lot of times I was drafting him maybe in a, uh, a team that was punting... Uh, something like a punting assist or something like that. Not necessarily looking for his blocks, but just looking for good, efficient shooting. He will continue to do that. Um, but the blocks, you know, might be something that you weren't expecting and you don't necessarily need. You've covered with other areas. So if you're overflowing with blocks, then I think that he is someone that you could maybe cut and uh, get some good value and trade for a top 70, top 65 guy and uh, come out on top there. But uh, in saying that, I think that he probably has the biggest chance of all of these players that I've talked about to sustain his value. 
uh, maybe outside of someone like a Buddy Heald whilst he's in uh, Indiana. Uh, but again, we have that threat of the trade looming over his head. So uh, that will do it for us today, guys. Seven buy, sell high guys that I think you can get good value from your fantasy uh, league at the moment. Let me know down in the comments below if there's any other players that you're thinking about trading. Uh, if you think that there's someone else out there that you have on your team that you think is a sell high. If you have any questions, drop them down in the comments below. Um, make sure you guys are subscribed to YouTube channel. Give this video a big thumbs up if you're listening over there. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. It would be much, much appreciated. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.